We finally have access to the full and detailed affidavit of John Michael Halford, owner of Return to Nature Funeral Home in Colorado. He and his wife face 260 counts relating to abuse of a corpse, theft, money laundering, and forgery. We're going to learn the disturbing details of what local authorities encountered on scene in Penrose, Colorado, some evidence the state has against the defendants, and what the Halfords were doing with the money they took from grieving families. Hi, thanks for listening. Let's do a poll real quick. How many of you watch criminal trials or civil trials live. I've been thinking about live streaming a lot and that's definitely something I could watch for hours. I love watching Emily D. Baker. There's actually a trial ongoing right now that's been dubbed the Alaska Memory Card Murders. A man is accused of murdering at least two women and the way he was caught is insane. Someone found an SD card belonging to him and when police looked through it, there was photos and videos of this man doing horrific, gruesome things to one of his victims but the only place live streaming it that I could find was court TV and the audio is pretty rough but do you think you'd want to watch a trial live with me or there's any upcoming trials that you would want to watch leave a comment on Spotify and let me know if you're not caught up on the case yet check out the episode I did two weeks ago funeral home of horrors so where's the case at right now John Halford posted his $100,000 bail, and rightfully so, all the family members were incredibly enraged that the judge lowered his bond and let him get out because he has no ties to the community, and there's a lot of people walking around the community that were affected by this. Nearly 200 bodies, so that's hundreds of relatives that were affected by this. Carrie Halford is still sitting in jail. We don't know if or when she's going to post bond. As of recording this right now, over two dozen bodies have yet to be identified. 22 bodies. The district attorney wants to try John and Carrie together. And their next court date is March 21st at 9am at the El Paso County Courthouse in Colorado. They will be arraigned together. I also wanted to show y'all this little clip. While John Halford was leaving his court appearance, several family members of victims approached John Halford and were asking, where is my son? Where is my son? So I guess investigators believe that her son may be among the victims in this situation, but has yet to be identified. And we'll get into that as we go through the affidavit, because there's a reason why some family members know that their loved one could be in there, but they don't know for sure. So let's just get right into it. A lot of this affidavit is redacted because there's a lot of sensitive information and the victims are not being identified to the public. However, there are a lot of families that used Return to Nature coming forward about their experience and being very outspoken against the Halfords, which is good. So this is the people of the state of Colorado versus John Halford. He's been charged with the offenses of abuse of a corpse, 190 counts, theft, 4 counts, money laundering, 4 counts, and forgery, 61 counts. This thing is 49 pages, by the way. So this is listing the victims, their initials have been redacted, and a category of this is the death certificate reported disposal type, and most of them say cremation. I only see one burial at a cemetery, but everything else is cremation or blank or completely redacted or not available. This is showing how much the families paid for their loved one to go through Return to Nature. $1,000, $1,000, mostly over $1,000. Um, the lowest number is like $582. Between November 26, 2021 and May 10, 2023, in the county of El Paso, in the state and district of Colorado, the defendant, John Halford, did commit the following offense. Money laundering, four counts. Each of these counts has a date of offense, a description, and where the money went. So count one was on September 26 of 2021. So this is when John and Carrie Halford purchased a GMC Yukon 
for nearly $93,000. A little less than a year later, in 2022, they sold the Yukon to CarMax for $79,000, which is insane. Why would you buy a new car for that much and then sell it a year less than a year later for way less. That doesn't even make sense. Oh, I guess they wanted another car because they purchased one three days later after that, a 2016 Infiniti for $28,000. And then they sold that Infiniti a year later for $14,000. In summary and as set forth below, John and Carrie Halford, the principals of Return to Nature Funeral Home, acted with deceptive business practices Return to Nature Funeral Home made contractual obligations to properly obtain a death certificate and subsequently store, cremate, or bury individuals. Many of these contractual obligations went unfulfilled, and their false statements to the state of Colorado resulted in the generation of inaccurate death certificates. In the simplest form, death certificates for at least 190 people are inaccurate solely based on the fact that the bodies were reported to be cremated or buried, but were not. Many of the families that paid Return to Nature Funeral Home received an urn, with the expectation their loved one's ashes would be inside. Return to Nature reported to the state of Colorado that bodies within their possession were properly disposed of. Instead of cremating or burying bodies as reported, approximately 189 bodies were left to rot at room temperature for an unknown length of time. But at least between September 9th, 2023 and October 4th, 2023, by John and Carrie Halford in a building they owned located at 31 Warner Road, Penrose, Colorado. Number 12. The FBI exhumed a grave in the Pikes Peak National Cemetery and discovered that Return to Nature buried the wrong body in substitution for a U.S. Army veteran. We'll get more into detail about that as we go on. 13. These deceitful practices resulted in the theft of money from grieving families, insurance companies, the state of Colorado, and others. The illicitly obtained funds were subsequently laundered and used for a variety of things, including, but not limited to, personal expenditures and the purchase of automobiles. In summary, the information contained in the affidavit in support of the requested arrest warrant is derived from the following. So I'll go quickly through this. Uh, death certificates, a search of the property at Warner Road and Penrose, the search of a digital video recorder recovered from the building that John Halford allegedly put there, the physical examination and attempted identification of 189 corpses recovered from the building, and that number is 190 now, the search of 944 Elkton Road in Colorado Springs, which was the place of business for Return to Nature. So they operated out of Colorado Springs, but they would bring the bodies to Penrose. They reviewed financial records, transactions conducted at Home Depot, we'll get into that, historical geolocation data and call detail records from T-Mobile related to two cell phones associated with John and Carrie Halford, the search of a gravesite at Pikes Peak National Cemetery, and purchase documents for both vehicles. This next part is giving definitions for the Colorado Code of Mortuary Science, cremation, embalming, funeral director, and funeral homes, funeral establishments. Elements of the violations and relevant legal definitions. Abuse of a corpse, treatment. A person commits abuse of a corpse if, without statutory or court-ordered authority, the person treats the body or remains of any person in a way that would outrage normal family sensibilities. Facts in the affidavit will support that John and Carrie Halford abused the corpses of at least 190 people at least between September 9th, 2023 and October 4th, 2023. The conditions at 31 Werner Road, Penrose, Colorado, combined with the presence of John and Carrie Halford's cell phones at the location and video surveillance will be discussed below. Theft. John and Carrie Halford made contractual agreements to cremate or bury specific individuals and return the remains of those individuals to the next of kin in exchange for money. However, they did not. Money laundering. John and Carrie Halford used the unlawfully obtained proceeds from their scheme to purchase a very expensive Yukon, sell the Yukon, and purchase an Infinity, and then sell the Infinity. Forgery. John and Carrie Halford caused false death certificates to be generated by the state of Colorado. Background of those mentioned in this affidavit. John Michael Halford. 
I reviewed Halford's criminal history and located no previous felony convictions. John Halford was previously arrested for a felony menacing case in Oklahoma, but the charges appear to be dismissed. The felony charges they're referring to is when many years ago, John and a buddy played a quote-unquote prank on some friends and ran in with a gun to like a slumber party or something and like pointed it at some teenage girls. But ultimately, the judge took it easy on him. Halford has a pending civil case in El Paso County involving a money dispute between Wilbert Funeral Services and Halford Homes, LLC. John Halford has had other civil claims in the past related to his business in El Paso County and Prowers County. Colorado Department of Labor records indicate that John may have been employed by Shrine of Rest Funeral Home as recent as quarter two of 2017. I am not aware of any legitimate sources of income other than the self-employment. Based on the investigation to date, investigators believe that John Halford was a funeral director, had a personal identification number, PIN, to input death certificate information, directly communicated with customers, picked up deceased bodies from customers' residences and other various locations, and transported bodies to 31 Warner Road. He also purchased a vehicle with unlawfully obtained funds. Carrie Lee Halford. Carrie Halford does not have a prior felony conviction. Colorado Department of Labor records indicate that Carrie may have been employed by Quest Diagnostics as recent as quarter three of 2022. I am unaware if Carrie has additional legitimate employment other than the income from Return to Nature Funeral Home. Investigators also believe that Carrie Halford was a funeral director, had a personal PIN number to input death certificate information, handled the accounting and business records for Return to Nature, and transported bodies with John Halford. She also purchased a vehicle with unlawfully obtained funds. The Halford family have multiple businesses registered with the Colorado Secretary of State. These include, but are not limited to, Mountain Mortuaries, LLC, Halford Homes, LLC, which operates under trade names of Return to Nature, Burial and Cremation, Return to Nature Crematory, Return to Nature Funeral Home, Return to Nature Funeral Service, and the Pine Box Company, LLC. So here's some background on Return to Nature. The funeral home started in June of 2017 and owned by John and Carrie Halford. The operating agreement for Halford Homes LLC trade name Return to Nature Burial and Cremation lists John Halford as the CEO, Carrie Halford as the CFO, and John B. Doogie, I don't know if I said that right, as an investment member. I don't know who that guy is. The ownership agreement lists John Halford with 45% of the company, Carrie Halford with 45% of the company, and John Doogie with 10%. At the time of this affidavit, Return Nature had two different business storefronts, including the one in Penrose on Warner Road and the one in Colorado Springs. Investigators believe there were several people employed by Return to Nature Funeral Home between 2017 and 2023. The extent of the employee's exact involvement or culpability is still unknown. However, it appears Carrie Halford had an active role in the financial management of the business and in customer interaction. On or about March of 2019, investigators believed John and Carrie Halford opened their Penrose location based on an Instagram post made by the username Return to Nature Colorado. Based on title paperwork located from Empire Title of Cannon City, Carrie and John Halford purchased the building on Warner Road on or about November 1st, 2021. The 31 Warner Road Penrose Colorado building was not customer friendly and was advertised as a mortuary. The funeral home advertises cremation and burial and had another business front at 944 Elkton Drive, Colorado Springs. The business had previous other addresses, including 815 East Platte Ave, Colorado Springs. According to civil court records, Halford likely owes tens of thousands of dollars in rent payments and was evicted from the property at 815 East Platte. The funeral home has a website, Instagram page, reviews on Google, and other online advertising presence. The affidavit will incorporate some information from their website. Their website advertises that, quote, Our mission has always been green burial. A green burial is defined within the facts on the website as a return to the traditional way of burial. No chemicals, metal, or unnatural materials. Just you and the earth returning to nature. 
interment of the bodies is done in a biodegradable casket, basket, shroud, or even nothing at all. No embalming fluid, no concrete vaults. As natural as possible. In essence, Return to Nature Funeral Home offered services to the public to bury or cremate a human exchange for a fee. As will be discussed below, the Return to Nature Funeral Home did not bury or cremate hundreds of human remains, as expected by their customers. Furthermore, John and Carrie Halford received over $150,000 for these services that were falsely promised. The facts of the investigation suggest that Return to Nature Funeral Homes may have returned a mix of quickcrete or other concrete substance to families that were expected to receive a loved one's remains after an alleged cremation. This next part is going into the Colorado Funeral Home Regulations, which Colorado has the least amount of regulations for funeral homes. This seems to keep happening in Colorado, these funeral home mishaps. So an individual can apply for a funeral home license by submitting an application and a fee to the state of Colorado. Part of the regulations require licensed funeral homes to cooperate with investigations and inspections initiated by the Director of Professions and Occupations, which is in DORA. And the investigator writes, To my knowledge, DORA did not conduct an inspection of the return to nature funeral home during their period of operation. So DORA is what's overseeing all of the funeral homes in Colorado if there's any issues. And they were not doing their job, apparently. Because in 2020, the Fremont County coroner made Dora aware of suspicions about the poor treatment of human bodies and improper refrigeration at the Halfords Penrose location on Werner Road. But the Fremont County coroner stated he never received a reply from Dora. Return to Nature Funeral Home received their funeral home license on 8-8-2017, August 8, 2017. And John Halford has been the registered designee since February 16th, 2021. So a Colorado death certificate contains a significant amount of information about a deceased individual. The information includes, but is not limited to, their names, dates of birth, social security number, date and time of death, age at death, county of death, manner of death, funeral home name, place of disposition, method of disposition, and whether or not an autopsy was completed. A list of death certificates that were issued listing Return to Nature Funeral Home from the Colorado Department of Public Health was obtained during this investigation. Between the days of November 2017 and August 2023, there were approximately 1,178 death certificates issued. There were also death certificates issued by Return to Nature Burial and Cremation, Return to Nature Funeral Home Penrose, and Return to Nature Funeral Service. So apparently they were changing the name on the funeral home title to several different names which is really weird. The certifier county of 1,022 of the death certificates issued by Return to Nature was El Paso County. The place of death county of 1,042 individuals was El Paso County. The method of disposal of a body is also listed on a Colorado death certificate. A review of the death certificates issued by Return to Nature included the following information. The number of related death certificates for 88 people listed burial for 1,000. 85 people, it was cremation. For two people, it was donation. And for three individuals, it was removal from the state. So the number of individuals cremated, again, was 1,085. Over 500 of those was at the Roselawn Crematory, nearly 400 at Wilbert. Almost 170 people were cremated at Affordable Crematory and 11 at Romero Crematory. To my knowledge, John Halford or Carrie Halford did not own a crematory and acted as an intermediary or reseller of cremation services. To be clear, it appeared Return to Nature did arrange for cremation of some deceased bodies. I submit that because Return to Nature did conduct some of their business appropriately. It supports that John and Carrie Halford knew how a funeral home business was supposed to run. Return to Nature did not cremate, arrange to cremate, properly store, or submit accurate information for the death certificate of hundreds of purported individuals. Furthermore, I cannot tell this court that the records of who was cremated at which crematory are accurate. 
Return to nature caused false death certificates to be issued and reported that people were cremated when they were not. However, I have also obtained independent records from two different crematories that indicate on multiple occasions a specific person was cremated. Investigators are in possession of each of those specific bodies. I have no reason to doubt that records from the crematory that a cremation did occur, and I submit that in at least four occasions, the wrong bodies were likely cremated. Holy shit. The process of generating a death certificate in the state of Colorado. So the state of Colorado uses the Electronic Death Registry, the EDR for short. It is a secure internet site that allows for funeral establishments, physicians, and coroner offices to complete, sign, and register death records. It's a paperless system, and this system can be accessed from any device at any location that has internet access. A funeral home, a coroner's office, or a physician's office can all have a role within the death certificate process. Funeral establishments complete a training program on how the EDR website is used. On May 1st, 2019, Carrie Halford completed the Colorado EDR for funeral establishment online training with a 100% score, but she was allegedly using it completely wrong. As will be discussed below, the Halfords caused a forged Colorado death certificate for the 61 bodies recovered from Warner Road that had a death certificate issued within three years of this affidavit. So I guess that has to do with the statute of limitations. Okay, this is the big one. This is the summary of investigation. This is how investigators, locals, authorities work together to bring down the Halfords and figure this shit out. On Monday, October 2nd, 2023, Fremont County Sheriff's Office Detective Sergeant Michael Joliffe was approached by blank. They informed Detective Sergeant Joliffe that on October 1st, 2023, she went to a former funeral home located at 31 Warner Road. This blank friend told her of a horrible smell coming from the building on the property, and they informed Detective Sergeant Joliffe, that she had worked in a hospice and a funeral home. And according to this individual, she could smell what she recognized as human decomposition coming from the building. On Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023, detectives and Fremont Chief Deputy Coroner Laura Allen went to the Penrose location and also noticed an overwhelming odor of decomposition coming from the building. The windows of the building were covered in a manner that concealed the interior. The FCSO had prior complaints regarding odors coming from the building, but these were not investigated because the building was a funeral home. Because the building was a funeral home, I'm pretty sure funeral homes aren't supposed to smell like decomposing bodies, like they have to refrigerate them. A sign on the front door stated, Return to Nature Funeral Home. The sign further indicated a funeral director was available 24 hours a day and a phone number listed as blah blah blah. Detective Sergeant Joliffe attempted to call the number, but it was disconnected. Wow, the number was already disconnected. The sign stated that the funeral home's business hours were 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday and Saturday and Sunday by appointment. To the left of the front door was a sign that stated, Due to COVID-19, closed to the public. This is a mortuary only, all funeral home operations out of Colorado Springs location. Contact us 24-7 and a phone number, a different phone number from the disconnected one. A dark stain was protruding from the bottom of the front door. The stain went along the bottom of the door frame and onto the concrete slab. In some areas, the stain had started to travel up the exterior stucco. The detective and chief deputy coroner both agreed that the stain was consistent with the fluids they had had previously observed during prior investigations involving decomposing human bodies. So the investigator and coroner immediately knew upon walking up to this building that something was horrifically wrong. The detective walked around the back side of the building and reported a small window mounted air conditioner that was on and working. They also found two vehicles on the property and the registration on the vehicles were expired and were registered to either John Halford or Return to Nature. So this is the initial coordination with Colorado Department of Regulatory Agencies. 
the Fremont County coroner contacted the Colorado Department of Regulatory Agencies, DORA, and explained the observations he made at the Penrose property. John Halford agreed to meet the county coroner at the Penrose location to allow the inspectors access to the inside of the building. John told Dora he was using the building in Penrose to learn how to do taxidermy and that he knew he had a problem there. So John set an appointment to meet with a Dora representative for 2 p.m. on October 4th, 2022. However, John failed to show up for the appointment because he was fleeing to Oklahoma. Dora inspector Joseph Berry shows up he looks at the exterior and he finds that he's able to look inside of the building via a small opening in a window covering and upon looking into the building he sees several white plastic bags were lying on the floor and the coroner says that these were consistent with body bags that she had used in her career execution of a search warrant at 31 warner road this is going to be a lot and it's going to be disturbing so the detective applied for and was granted two state of Colorado search warrants for the Penrose location. In summary, the initial warrant was executed and investigators determined additional hazardous material teams were needed to continue the search. The second warrant authorized the continued search of the property. I just feel so awful, not just for the families, but the investigators in the corners and the forensic teams, everyone who had to go inside that building and see that nearly 200 bodies, just the way they were stored was so inhumane, disgusting, disturbing, and I can't imagine actually seeing that. From the way I've heard it described, I don't know how any human could treat remains that way and also taking the monies from the family and stacking them up in the most disgusting way. Death is not pretty the way our bodies decompose, the smells, the fluids that come out. And for John and Carrie to allegedly just go in and continue stacking these bodies in the condition they were in, it's like, what kind of brain do you have where you can do that? 31 Warner Road in Penrose is a single-story office building with approximately 2,500 square feet of interior space divided into multiple interior rooms. During the search warrant, investigators drew a diagram of the building and labeled rooms by unique letters. At some points in the affidavit, I will refer to specific room letters. Bodies were recovered in every room of the building, including the bathroom, with the exception of the utility room room K. An image of the layout of the building is provided below for the court's reference. So obviously this image quality isn't the best. It's too dark. A, B, C? We got D, E, F. I don't, I'm not sure, but hopefully we got kind of a good idea. So the search warrant was executed on October 5th, 2023. Approximately 115 body bags were originally observed in different stages of decomposition. Some bodies were contained in what appeared to be disposable body bags. Some were in body bags used by local coroners. And some of the body bags were wrapped in sheets and then in duct tape. Some bodies were exposed with no covering at all or just partially covered. Some bodies were on gurneys and some were just laying on the floor or stacked on top of other bodies. So disturbing. Investigators also located personal artifacts, presumably given to return to nature by family members, with the intention of the artifacts being buried or placed with the remains. The decomposition of a human body can produce various fluids. These fluids covered the floors within the building. Maggots, flies, and other insects in various stages of life were vastly present in the building. In some areas, these insects covered the floor and were on many of the bodies. In many of the clear plastic bags, decomposition fluid had filled the bags and or caused the bags to break, subsequently spilling human decomposition on the floor. Five-gallon red and orange plastic buckets from Harbor Freight and Home Depot were in the building. In some instances, the buckets were placed below the bodies to collect the leaking decomposition fluid. The condition of the floors presented a slip hazard for the team that ultimately removed the bodies. God. So, small part of room B and the use of a Home Depot bucket to collect decomposition fluids. This is number 80. Several areas of the building were initially inaccessible due to the bodies being stacked too high. The building did have three refrigerators, labeled C and L. 
although none of them appeared to be working properly. In room G, refrigerator L, the door was completely open and bodies were stacked in front of it. In room B, refrigerator C, was powered by an exterior window type air conditioning unit that was running, but the door was also open. The refrigerator appeared to be homemade. The overall temperature of the interior space was approximately 70 degrees, according to a thermostat on one of the walls. And this is a picture of that. During the warrant execution, investigators located evidence of the presence of chemicals, Raid brand bug bombs, large Arm & Hammer brand baking soda containers, and Febreze containers. A large bone grinder was present in room A. Next to the bone grinder was a black and gray bag of Quickcrete concrete mix slash resurfacer. An empty bag of Quickcrete was also located in a container with other trash. I submit that the concrete mix and possibly some other substance was used to fill urns and subsequently given to the deceased individual's families. Here's another disturbing point. It appeared that in one of the rooms, Return to Nature was experimenting with water cremation. Water cremation, also known as alkaline hydrolysis, is a process to dispose of human remains in which pressure, heat, water, and potassium hydroxide is used to dissolve a body in approximately four to six hours. The process produces a fatty waste product and the remaining bones. So a lot of the images in this are redacted, but this little description is an overview of room A with decomposition fluid, bone grinder, multiple bodies, and quick creep bag. So anything with a body in the image is obviously going to be redacted, and that's going to be basically all of the images because there was bodies in every single room except the tiny, tiny utility room. But I'll read some of the descriptions. Approximately 40 bodies stacked on top of each other and in plastic totes within room L. Room C, exposed corpse heads stacked with other bodies within an inoperative refrigerator with insects on table. Photos of room M with the composition and corpse not in a body bag. Photos of bodies within refrigerator N with zoom to 75 degree temperature. So this is how many people had to help with getting all of these remains out of the building and to be properly stored. They had members from the FBI, Air Force, National Guard, El Paso County Coroner, El Paso County Hazmat, Fremont County Sheriff's Office, CBI, that's the Colorado Bureau of Investigations, and other agencies contributed to the proper and safe removal of approximately 184 body bags from the building. These personnel experienced physical and emotional distress during the process of removing the bodies while wearing special protective suits multiple layers of gloves, respirators, eye protection, and protective boots, they trudged through the layers of human decomposition on the floor, loaded decomposing corpses onto refrigerated trucks, and endured working in unimaginable conditions. That is unimaginable conditions. It's being described in such detail and I still cannot imagine. So at the time of this affidavit, investigators believe approximately 189 bodies were recovered. It's 190 now. The court should take notice that both infant slash fetus and adult bodies were located. The process to identify the bodies will be discussed below in more detail, but investigators found multiple remains in many of the same bags, making the above-mentioned count of 184 bags a misleading representation of the total bodies within the building. Another photo description that is redacted, room G with multiple bodies stacked on top of one another with decomposition. So this is the process to identify remains. The bodies recovered from the Penrose location were methodically and individually numbered based on the place of recovery within the building, placed in new body bags, and transported to the El Paso County Coroner's Office where they were properly maintained in refrigerated units. Photographs were taken of each body bag at the scene before transport and at the El Paso County Coroner's Office. A process was developed to attempt to identify individuals from a mixture of fingerprints compared to Colorado Department of Motor Vehicle Records when a fingerprint was available, a physical examination of remains, some individuals had hospital bracelets still on, x-ray, medical record review, and other identifying features like serial numbers from medical implants. Dental examination also took place, but did not yield results in a timely manner when compared to fingerprinting. 
So when this affidavit was created, only 141 of the remains had been identified. And now we still have 22 that have not been identified. And of the bodies they've identified, they have a chart for the year of death. So in 2019, 23 of the individuals found were deceased. 61 people died in 2020, 17 people died in 2022, and 40 people died in 2023. So the investigators compared the identified bodies with their corresponding death certificate information and found, of course, that it was impossible for the records of cremation or burial to be accurate. So they reference six bodies, and again, their names are censored. And this is about the recovery of a digital video recorder at the Penrose location. They found a Zosi, I don't know what brand that is, I've never heard of that, but it's a camera system that John presumably had set up. There was at least four video surveillance cameras. One of the cameras was located in the interior within room A, one was on the exterior above the front door, and two were covering the rear slash side areas of the building. There's censored photos which show the surveillance camera. So they got a search warrant for the digital camera on October 17th. The data was voluminous and not all of the footage on the DVR was made available at the time of the affidavit, but interior and exterior footage exists from approximately August 22nd, 2023 to October 4th of that year. And they have some footage that they want to talk about in this affidavit because they have to prove that John and Carrie Halford were the ones dumping the bodies. So during the early morning hours of September 9th, 2023, a silver Volkswagen minivan was captured on the exterior surveillance cameras. Investigators believe that Carrie Halford stayed outside the building and acted as a quote, lookout while John was inside the building and their cell phone data indicates that they were there. The exterior camera at the side entrance captured an individual with the matching physical identifiers to John Halford, including two large tattoos on both forearms. Halford unscrewed a light bulb and continuously scanned the area while he entered the building with what appeared to be two deceased humans on a cart. Prior to bringing the bodies inside the building, Halford obtained the cart from the inside of the building and some of his activity inside the building was captured on camera. The interior camera, which captured some of the room investigators labeled as A, shows multiple deceased human bodies in the room, including a body on a gurney that was not covered and still had hospital socks and a diaper on. The body had already begun to decompose. Based on the combined interior and exterior footage on September 9th, 2023, Halford needed that gurney to bring bodies into the building from the Volkswagen van. Halford flipped the deceased body off the gurney onto the floor using a sheet that was beneath the body. After the body had been dumped on the floor, Halford appeared to wipe the remaining decomposition from the gurney onto other bodies in the room. That is so disgusting. The interior camera also captured Halford bringing several white bags containing deceased bodies in the room. When combined with the exterior camera view, the bodies likely came from the Volkswagen van and were transported on the gurney Halford took from room A. And there's a screenshot of the surveillance footage, but it's censored. More surveillance footage, censored. On October 9th, investigators were looking at the Return to Nature website which he says has been taken down and is no longer available to view. So there's a lot of quotes from their website, specifically, as of July 2023, Return to Nature no longer offers cremation services, but they said we will honor pre-existing arrangements for direct cremation only. There's also a screenshot of the general price list for Return to Nature, for the natural burial, including graveside ceremony, it's $1,895. For direct cremation, it's $1,290. And this apparently came with a burial urn, and they said they would plant a tree in the Colorado National Forest in honor of that person's loved one, which I highly doubt they were doing. And then there's other small charges, like 
graveside service, immediate burial, rental casket, media download, memorial video and service music, dressing slash cosmetics slash casketing, refrigeration per six days. And we know those refrigerators were not working, so here's a photo of John Halford's Colorado driver's license that was on the website, apparently. And now we moved on to the execution of a search warrant at 944 Elkton Drive, Colorado Springs, and this took place on October 5th, 2023. So the day after investigators discovered the 190 bodies. They also spoke with the landlord of the property in Colorado Springs. The landlord told investigators that in late August 2023, another tenant in the building complained that he slash she smelled dead bodies coming from 944 Elkton Drive. This is the Colorado Springs business location for Return to Nature. Other tenants in the building or around the building literally were smelling dead bodies in August of 2023. The landlord then approached John Halford during the daytime hours on or about September 8th and confronted him about the smell that other tenants complained about. Halford told the landlord that the smell was coming from a laser wood engraving machine and that he would get rid of the machine that day. And what he actually meant was he was going to get rid of the bodies the next morning, allegedly. Investigators believe that this complaint of the smell prompted the Halfords to transport bodies to their Penrose location during the early morning hours of September 9th. And there is video surveillance, thanks to John Halford, of this happening. And when they executed a search warrant at the Colorado Springs location, they found another self-constructed cooling unit. And... Apparently, this cooling unit smelled like human decomposition. 19 boxes of records were also seized, as well as several digital devices. I'm very interested to see the digital information, like what John and Carrie were saying to each other. I've heard a little bit of it, but that's going to be very interesting to see at the trial, like what they were thinking while doing this horrific shit. So, investigators found spreadsheets created in Microsoft Excel detailing dates of contracts, names, payments, costs associated with each customer, and the net profit of each customer for each month. And they found these records for 2019, 2020, and 2021. They were unable to find spreadsheets for 2022 and 2023, but they found the binders for these years. So. Someone might have taken them out and shredded them. For the month of January 2020, it appears Return to Nature had a net profit of a little over $31,000. Although Return to Nature uses the term net profit, review of the spreadsheets show what Return to Nature titled net profit is actually variable sales gross. So that's not actually what they were profiting because they didn't include the salary of their employees and other overhead costs. So between 2019 and 2021, Return to Nature made over $765,000 in variable sales gross and serviced 887 clients. Wow, so that's not including 2022 and 2023. 887 clients. That's nearly 300 deceased individuals a year going through Return to Nature. And the number of bodies right now is 190. So for 20 bodies in 2019, they received over $15,000. The next year, 61 bodies, they received over $57,000. 2022, 17 bodies got them over $22,000. And in 2023, 38 bodies got them over $52,000. So this is detailing the theft violations. The Halfords accepted payments from a multitude of companies, including, but not limited to, customer payments, insurance companies, and the state of Colorado. The Halfords made an agreement to provide funeral services in exchange for the payment. These services can include refrigeration, cremation, burial, and other fees associated with the funeral. But the Halfords did not fulfill their portion of the agreement for many customers. At least 190 customers did not get the services that the Halfords received payment for. Now a search of the Halford residence, so where they were actually living with their children 
This is not the Colorado Springs business location, nor the Warner Road building location. This is a third location where they were actually living as a family. And this was off Crestone Peak Trail in Colorado Springs. They executed the search warrant on October 17th, 2023, and the Halfords were not there, of course. They already fled to Oklahoma. So apparently the Halfords were renting this property. The landlord told the detectives that the Halfords had moved into the home in August of 2023. Wow, so they had basically just moved in. They paid rent for the months of August and September up front, but had not paid the October 2023 rent. And based on other facts, including their cellular location data, investigators believe that the Halfords fled Colorado on or about October 4th, 2023, when mainstream media began to release facts about the investigation and the discovery of bodies at Warner Road. So this next part is a search of their bank records. They, investigators got over 1,500 pages of records. Oh yeah, this was supposed to be their business account, but they were using it to buy personal items. The spending will be detailed further below, but travel expenses, meals, Amazon purchases, entertainment, clothing, furniture, student tuition, transfers to Carrie Halford's cash app, and other expenses were located within the account. So there were approximately $1,996,000 in deposits that went into this account during that review period, but they withdrew $1,998,000. So that's a negative. Generally, Return to Nature depleted all the cash they received in this account each month. So while calculating the total deposits and withdrawals, there were three transactions were removed from the deposits that were not ordinary business activity. These transactions were deposits from the United States Treasury in the amounts of $150,000, $350,000, and $382,000. And the total of these transactions is $882,200. And that was completely removed from the account by the Halfords. And those three deposits are believed to be federal COVID relief funding that the Halfords must have applied for. So during COVID, a bunch of businesses got relief from the government. And being a funeral home, I'm sure they got, I mean, clearly they got a lot of relief funds. Within less than a year, they got nearly a million dollars in relief funds. And what did they do with that? What did they do with that money? The purpose of removing these suspected COVID relief funds was to have accurate averages that reflected the ordinary business activity. The Halfords spent every dollar of the over $800,000, which is discussed in more detail. They had checks that were written to Roselawn Crematory, Alternative Cremation, Wilbert Funeral Services, Employees, Mortuary Transport Services, Funeral Supply Stores, and Vital Records Office. The vast majority of the checks in this account were signed by Carrie Halford. In the months of May, June, and July 2021, there were approximately $93,000, $69,000, and $42,000 taken from the account. This included the following approximate personal expenses. $5,200 in Amazon expenditures, $6,800 in travel expenses on Expedia.com, $3,400 in jewelry from Tiffany & Co., a trip to Las Vegas for $5,000, a trip to California for $2,400, $3,600 in airline expenses, $1,200 in tanning expense at Tan Your Hide, and $1,800 at American Furniture Warehouse. Further personal expenses are detailed below. Wow, $1,200 at a tanning salon? That's insane. Let's go through 2021 first. The Club, Fabulous Vegas, we got Uber, Banano, New York Pizza, Subway, the Las Vegas Stock Market, Uber, Walgreens, the Beef Jerky Store, Eyewear Store, Museum, Food, Uber, Hotel, Cheesecake, Las Vegas, $200. Starbucks, Market, here we go. Here we go. Tiffany & Co, Las Vegas. 
on jewelry. Balenciaga, about $600. $70 of Hershey's chocolate. $100 at the flip-flop shop. ATM withdrawal, Uber, hotel, hotel, Starbucks. $200 for sushi, $500 for a tattoo, Uber, hotel. Less than a week, they spent over $8,700. In the months of November and December 2021, there were approximately $151,000 and $62,000 taken from the blank accounts, respectively. And this included personal expenses, $19,000 in Amazon, $6,800 for a trip to California, $31,000 in cryptocurrency. Why is it that every time someone's caught doing some sort of fraud, they're also doing crypto? What is going on with that? $7,700 in travel expenses on Expedia, $1,600 in purchases from Gucci, $3,400 in jewelry, $7,100 in a trip to Florida, $8,500 in laser body sculpting, what? And a trip to Las Vegas for $9,000. Wow. Wow. This is just getting crazier and crazier. For example, during the November 2021 trip to Miami, Florida, the Halfords spent $837 at Trulux Seafood Restaurant and over $1,000 at Express Clothing. During February 2022, their trip to Las Vegas, the Halfords spent $1,500 at the MGM Grand Hotel, $2,400 at Caesars Hotel, and $483 at the Caesars Buffet. I was really wondering what they were doing with all this money when all this came out. And now we know, they were spending it on luxury items. They were trying to live a luxury life while taking money from grieving families and doing despicable things to their loved ones' bodies. Allegedly, I have to say that. Okay, this is the Home Depot search warrant. So they obtained the detailed transactions from March of 2020 to January of 2023. And John Halford was the one purchasing these items. In March of 2020, May of 2020, and January of 2023. This says, I located purchase records for approximately 660 pounds of Quick Creek concrete mix. And on January 28th, 2023, the Halfords purchased three bags of 80 pound Quick Creek concrete mix, as well as other traditional items that all totaled $121. The Quick Creek concrete is suspected to be used by Halford to fill urns and substitute for the actual ashes of an individual. As mentioned above, an open bag of Quick Crete was found next to a bone grinder at 31 Warner Road. Oops, I forgot to zoom out. So here's the chart of their purchases. It also says on May 16th, 2020 and June 15th of that year, the Halfords purchased a Home Depot five gallon bucket. And a lot of these Home Depot buckets were present within the Penrose location. So apparently John got a new phone in April of 2022. This is talking about where those phones were, at what time. Apparently, between May 17th, 2023 and October 3rd, 2023, the phone John was using connected to the tower that would service the building in Warner Rose. Warner Rose, I mean on Warner Road in Penrose. Apparently, his phone connected to the cell phone tower at least 13 times. So he was allegedly there with his phone between those dates at least 13 times. And another one of the Halfords' phones was also connecting to the cell phone tower on those dates at least 18 times. So they got the records that their cell phones were there, and they also have the surveillance video that John himself set up. Here's a chart of their cell phone pings. And using this data, they found that it appeared that John and Carrie Halford's phones both traveled to the Penrose location on the same dates of May 22nd, May 25th, and June 5th, and October 3rd, 2023. Wow, so they both went to their Penrose location on October 3rd, 2023. And this is a day before they were supposed to meet the Dora person who was going to inspect the place. So they also included that John and Carrie were making purchases at a nearby convenience store. They were seen on camera. 
and they say a logical and reasonable explanation for the travel pattern of the cell phones is due to the distance of travel between Colorado Springs and Penrose. The Halfords would collect multiple bodies, store them at their business location in Colorado Springs, and only make trips to Penrose when they had several bodies accumulated. Okay, this is definitely one of the more disturbing incidents in the affidavit because we get details of a specific victim. Not identifying details, but what the Halfords allegedly did to this person's remains. And it's really, really messed up. So Pikes Peak National Cemetery is a Department of Veteran Affairs National Cemetery. Burial in a national cemetery is open to all members of the armed forces who have met a minimum active duty service requirement and were discharged under conditions other than dishonorable. A veteran's spouse, widow or widower, minor dependent children, and under certain conditions, unmarried adult children with disabilities may also be eligible for burial. Eligible spouses and children may be buried even if they predecease the veteran. Members of the reserve, components of the armed forces who die while on active duty or who die while on training duty or were eligible for retired pay may also be eligible for burial. So to get into Pikes Peak National Cemetery to be buried there, you have to meet certain requirements. Not easy to meet. Victim identified as E-24 was an honorably discharged U.S. Army veteran who served in Vietnam and the Persian Gulf. According to his slash her death certificate, E-24 was buried in the Pikes Peak National Cemetery. On October 20th, 2023, investigators visited the gravesite of E-24 and found the information on the headstone to be consistent with E-24's name, date of birth, and date of death. But... It is impossible for E-24 to be buried in Pikes Peak National Cemetery. At the time of this affidavit, the remains of E-24 are present within the El Paso County Coroner's Office. A medical tag and a confirmed fingerprint were used to identify E-24. So investigators, when they were identifying the deceased individuals from the Penrose location, they find that E-24, whoever this person is, is in their possession, but they're supposed to be buried at Pikes Peak National Cemetery, where their headstone is, where they presumably had a funeral for this person. And because there is that discrepancy on October 26th, they exhume E-24. Investigators located a wood casket that was transported to the El Paso County Coroner's Office, where it was x-rayed, opened, and searched. Inside the casket, the corpse of a female was located. The corpse was wrapped in duct tape, plastic sheets, and was heavily decomposed. One of the layers of plastic had a last name that was inconsistent with E24's last name written on it. The first initial was also present, inconsistent with E24. I searched all death certificates created by Return to Nature and located a match for the female corpse recovered, identified by investigators as PPI. PPI's death certificate list that blank was cremated by Roselon Crematory. However, Roselon had no record of her cremation. Although a positive forensic confirmation had not been completed at the time of this affidavit, the remains within the casket are not those of E24. Return to Nature accepted approximately $2,078 in exchange for the burial of E24, a U.S. Army veteran in a national cemetery. Instead, Return to Nature buried the body of PPI in E24's place and ultimately left E24's body to decompose with nearly 200 other bodies at 31 Warner Road. So while investigators were informing families about the investigation, the family members were bringing back the ashes and urns that the Halfords had given them, and this was going into FBI evidence. And three coroners said that these cremains did not look like any cremains they had ever seen. They said that the cremains were the wrong color, the wrong consistency, and the wrong volume slash weight. So they knew immediately this is not human remains, this is something else. And it was allegedly quickcrete. So this is referencing the victims and the discrepancies in their death certificates from Return to Nature. 
Specifically for the victim identified as a four, Colorado death certificate indicates that he slash she was cremated at Wilbert Crematory. Based on records obtained from Rose Cremation, they indicated A4 was cremated on blank. The date of the record of cremation from Rose Cremation was over a month after A4's date of death. At the time of this affidavit, it is unknown who was actually cremated by Wilbert Cremation, and there may not ever be a way to identify who that person was. And this is something repeated over and over, and there may not ever be a way to identify who that person was over and over and over. Also, during the search warrant at Warner Road, investigators located four babies and one umbilical cord. Now, this is the state asking for no bond. They did not want him to have the chance to bond out. Obviously, we know that didn't work out, but let's go through it anyways. What reasons they were giving. They said that John no longer has legitimate employment, no ties to the community, including residential property ownership. Press coverage during the investigation broadly and frequently published the defendant's name. Conversely, the defendant has ties to other states and the risk of flight to avoid prosecution is great. Prior to the issuance of an arrest warrant, law enforcement in Oklahoma attempted to contact the defendant on an Indian reservation on a separate matter. The defendant would not communicate with law enforcement. I wonder what that's about on a separate matter. I wonder if that's in reference to the woman that has been missing since 2012 that John Halford was the last person to see. I wonder if that's what that's referencing to. Or John Halford has some other shady stuff going on in Oklahoma. Although the defendant does not have a criminal history that is inclusive of failure to appear or failure to comply charges, the defendant fled the state of Colorado on October 4th, 2023 upon learning of the investigation. John Halford has several pending civil suits and appears to be behind on child support and other obligations. John was evicted from a business location and is in the process of being evicted from his Colorado Springs residence. The offenses charged are egregious and significant in potential consequences. Specifically, John Halford faces 12 to 18 months in the Colorado Department of Corrections for each of the 190 felony counts for abuse of a corpse. So he could get 190 years. I'm really hoping that's what the judge does or the jury. I think it's the judge who's going to be sentencing. On October 30th, 2023, a class action civil suit was filed against John and Carrie Halford. And based on the foregoing, the court is requested to issue the warrant with no bond. And of course, we know John Halford did get a bond. His $2 million cash bond was reduced to $100,000 and he posted it. He's free. And besides the conclusion, which is just reiterating everything, that is it. That's it for the affidavit. Thank you so much for listening and shout out to the new accomplices, B-Sauce, Diamond, and Lori D. Again, thank you for listening and don't forget to tune in next Thursday. I hope you all have a good day, evening, or night. Goodbye.